Alright, romance. Make a million dollars. I want to be in a romance. <laughs> Girl. Girl. <laughs> Same. This unrequited love thing just isn't as fulfilling. This is bullshit. where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing... Oh my god, I don't even have the book in front of me. I'm the worst. We're discussing The Boyfriend Project by Farah Rashan. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. And guys, this time I wrote it down. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links for our social media can be found in the description below, along with our Goodreads link. Um, so let's get into this. We have thoughts. Do we have thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. I feel conflicted about this one. Partial thoughts. So Kat's going to go ahead and read us the description of this one. The yeah. Why play by love's rules when you can make your own? Samaya Brooks never thought she would be that girl. But a live tweet of a horrific date just revealed the painful truth. She's been catfished by a three-timing jerk of a boyfriend. Suddenly, Samaya, along with his two other girlfriends, London and Taylor, have gone viral online. Now the three new besties are making a pact to spend the next six months investing in themselves. No men and no dating. For once, Samaya is putting herself first, and that includes finally developing the app she's always dreamed of creating, which is the exact moment she meets the deliciously sexy Daniel Collins at work. What are the chances? But is Daniel really boyfriend material, or is he maybe just a little too good to be true? We have thoughts. I Um. mean, (laughs) I feel like there could have been more hinting at Daniel Collins and his, all of the stuff that is about him. Yeah. Um, I also wish that they would have put the three-timing jerk of a boyfriend's name on it because it's Craig. It's Craig. And we always, like, you, everyone's seen that meme where it's like, how do you have a precious baby and name it Craig? Like, this is why you don't name your kids Craig. Because they I, turn into this person. I love baby names that are just, like, old people names that you don't hear. So, What's like, the other one? Gary. That's the other one. Gary? You can't name a baby Gary. Okay, so my favorite murder did an entire skit about a baby named Gary. The other one that makes me laugh so hard is a baby named Barbara. Or a baby named Sheila. I have a student named Deborah. I can't imagine a baby named little baby Debbie. But then, like, you think of, like, Victoria names, and you're like, man... Someone was definitely naming their kids weird stuff like Hawthorne. Okay, but that, I mean, oh, it's weird. But it's weird. I mean, it's, it's more weird. it's more unique than a baby named Barbara. We're, we're millennials. We don't get it. We don't. We don't get it at all. Um, so, Kat read the synopsis, <laughs> but I feel like you need a little more information. Yes. So, we start the book with Samaya. She is in her condo. First off, she's a badass bitch. She works in STEM. She owns her own condo. She has a Mustang GT something, something, something. I don't know. I don't car. It's a GT. Sure. I drive a fucking Kia. I don't know any of that shit. Um, And she's kind of made her life the way it's going to be. And she knows exactly what's going to happen. She is in control. She is getting ready for a date with Craig. And her sister, who is pregnant, is at her condo helping her out. And... 
is on Twitter, which I am on Twitter a lot, so I'm sorry about that, but yes. <laughs> um, and she watches something unfold at this restaurant, and Samaya's going on and on about how she's going to this restaurant. They made the date. It's one of their favorite places. It's where they met or went on their first date or whatever. Everything is going great until Denise says something, and Samaya's like, oh, shit, that's my boyfriend. Yeah, so it's she's reading tweets from someone who's live tweeting a bad date. Yes. And it's it's down to the details of we can tell he drives a rental car because I rented that one before and like stuff like that. And it's just yeah. It's just terrible. And Samaya does what I wish I would do when I was angry and she marches her ass down there and confronts them. Oh, and it's not even just confronting them. It's confronting him because the girl that he's on the date with is, is it Taylor or London? It's Taylor. It's Taylor. Yeah. Okay. London is the one who shows up and is like, oh, here's why I know all of this stuff. So they're all three there confronting him. It goes viral. She goes into work. That's where she meets Daniel. It's his first day of work. Little do we know, Daniel is a secret agent man. Um, that's the only thing I could think of the entirety of reading his job description. He, but not like CIA. He's no. a secret agent for the Department of the Treasury, <laughs> which, which like, ha- sounds like the most boring, but it's like money laundering and like, yeah, like crime rings and shit. But he's, he's like a computer whiz. So is Samaya. Everything is great. She says, you know, after they have a conversation, it's, um, Taylor in London and Samaya, they decide they're going to be friends after this debacle. They have a night of drinking. They make a pact. It's called the No Boyfriend Project. They're not going to have a boyfriend. They're only going to work on themselves. Everything seems great. Samaya meets Daniel. Shit hits the fan. They start, I don't know, maybe getting together. It's a lot. it's dating, but, like, not dating. Yeah, it's dating, but not dating. Because they don't actually go anywhere. They just make out sometimes. No, but they do go. Like, they went they, they went, went to the hiking. club. Oh, yeah, they went hiking. They went to they the club. They go to lunch all the time. True. True. But, but not classic version of dating as we've been led to believe. No. And I think that's the thing, though. As millennials, we kind of have always been told that dating is dinner and a movie. If you guys hear anything outside, there's apparently a customer who doesn't know what they're doing right outside my window, so I'm sorry about that. I've been yelling for like 10 minutes, and I almost was like, um, do you need help? But then I didn't want to talk to strangers. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So we'll, Stranger danger, man. Man, I don't like it. Um, so anyways, anyways, um, Kat and I had a discussion about this while we were eating our sushi right before we recorded about how we liked the first half and then we did it, like, the last half. Yeah. Um, and it's sad when that happens because it's like, ooh, strong start. Yep. Sad finish. Yep. Not sad in a way that it was terrible. I want to put that out there first. It's not terrible. No. It's just rushed and not quite what you wanted it to be based on the characters that were built for us in the beginning. I feel like, too, the last half of the book was very repetitive to the first half, in that both Daniel and Samaya were talking about how we can't do this, I shouldn't do this. You know, Daniel's thing is he's undercover, he shouldn't be dating someone that is part of the operation that he's trying to sting or whatever. 
Um, and then Smile's like, I've got this no boyfriend project that we're supposed to be doing. And then the whole thing with the boyfriend project is that they make these things where they're like, listen, we're not going to do anything but focus on ourselves. Everything's going to be great. And then they talk about how she's met Daniel and they're like, oh, it's that's out of the window. Don't even worry about it. And I'm like, but you're stick to your guns, guys. Come on, ladies. Um, it's like, that would be like you and I saying we're not going to have a boyfriend. And then... It's just one of those things where it's like, if you say you're going to do something, then you should do it to the mm-hmm. best of your ability. Yeah. But I think that the thing for this is that it's not just a little crutch. It's like actually really, really liking someone. Yeah. And um, him liking her back. And so I can understand why you would break that pact. Because, yeah, she did need to focus on herself and she was doing that. But it was just kind of, it was kind of a weird transition Start feeling like, man, I, like, messed up with my friends, and I made a promise, and we all did this thing, and I have to tell them, and I feel guilty, which is also really awful. Like, you shouldn't feel guilty about doing stuff. No. But then she tells them, they're like, oh, cool, like, tell us about this guy. Is it this, is it good? Like, all this stuff. And they're, like, fine with it. But I think they're fine with it because it wasn't like she was swiping on an app, which is what they had done to meet Craig. Maybe uh, that's the difference. And uh, okay, so we both do not like online dating. We have both tried it. We want to put that out there too. It's not like oh my god, online dating so dumb. We've both tried it in different platforms and had terrible results. Awful like, results. Just awful results. Just I don't understand like how people are finding their soulmate. So, like, once you've been through, like, the OKCupid Plenty of Fish version of online dating and you look at, like, Bumble and what's other like, Bagel Meets Coffee Donut, whatever it is. What? <laughs> what never, is that one called? I don't know what you're talking about on that one. I only know Bumble, Tinder, Plenty of Fish, OKCupid, oh, eHarmony, Hinge, um, But, like, once you look through that stuff and you try... It's all the same like, people. Like, two or three of them, it's, you literally see the same people on there and you're like, mm, I'm losing my faith in this. And then someone's like, but go on Tinder. And I'm like, but I don't want that. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. That's a whole different thing. And Tinder is expressly for hookups. Yeah. I'm not going to be that person who's in their profile like, not here for hookups, just looking for friends or whatever the fuck it is. Oh my God, whatever. Like, no, I'm not going to be that person. Anyways, that's a a little bit of a tangent. But I think that was probably one of the main reasons that it seemed like okay because she like met this dude through work. He wasn't being a creep. He seemed like he was real-life good. It was more organic than, yeah. than on online. Which is all... God, if you ever ask me things like this, this is all I want. I want to meet someone organically or be, like, maybe be set up for a friend. I don't really know anymore. Y'all, um, we had to go <laughs> pick up our sushi that was supposed to be delivered because Kat put the wrong address in. Yeah, we, it, made, a, we made a mistake. We are so sorry to it, Ash. It was, it was a sushi adventure, and it was totally worth it. But anyway... On our way back, I had come, or no, on our way there, I said, what if the DoorDasher is adorable and we get his number for you? She's like, he's probably going to be old. <laughs> he, was, he was old. It was fine. He was so precious. He was the sweetest. And we tipped him well. It's fine. But um, he deserved it. He deserved it. I felt so bad. I felt like such an asshole. She sent him to an address on the other side of town. <laughs> okay, in the middle of town. Yeah, but not the other side of town. Um, that sounds way ruder. Feels like it from where I'm at. But, but um, <laughs> so on our way, I made a comment about what if this DoorDasher is hot, and she says to me, 
her exact words were, okay, I need you and my sister to start getting phone numbers for me. <laughs> okay, because almost every week, y'all are like, oh my god, this person's so cute. They would make such a good match for you. My mailman. Like, yeah, your mailman, Alicia, uh, like, Alicia's delivery person the, or whatever the she UPS, was. It was the UPS delivery. Like, or like some random person that I see in a store. I don't know. You have a type and we know it well. You say I, you don't have a type, but you do. Because classically, my type is pretty easy. Not so much skin tone. That mm. doesn't really matter to no. me. But like... Tattoos. Height. Height. A beard. Yeah, I do like a beard. <laughs> but like... But like, I have a pretty set type in a way that is more flexible, maybe. Mine is more personality type. Well, like, I mean, you have to have a good personality, too, but, like... I like a giant nerd. You know. Yeah, I like uh, a giant nerd. I don't care what they look like, and I'm I'm an equal opportunist. I don't... Male, female, in between. <laughs> but that's okay. Non-conforming. But, like... You as a person, I like I'm you. I'm gonna need you guys to start trying to hook me up with people, because, I'm sorry, <laughs> but the boys are terrible at it, and I can't trust them anymore. We love the boys, but that's gonna be a no thank you. Okay, because their judgment is like, oh, you would be so cute with this person, that's my friend, and then they, like, give my phone number out, and then it's weird. Then I have to be like, yo, don't... Don't talk to that person when they're weird. They have weird expectations. <laughs> they have uh, weird things, and I don't like it. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's maybe a huge difference. Is something that happens organically versus on an app. Yeah, because the app thing. Let's let's be honest. A lot of it lies. Everything like, on the app are that. lies. We know that already. Um. So while we're talking about the dating app, let's talk about the app that Samaya wants to create. So she is developing an app that is going to be used for people who are new to areas to meet friends. So it's like a dating app, but for friends, but it's going to have a little bit of a twist because there's going to be, um, she wants to have businesses partner with the app to make fun events for these people who are starting to become friends or trying to meet friends in new areas. Um, would you ever use an app like that? I want to say yes. Okay. Because... Like, we were just talking about how it's harder to make friends at this age. Because we're both in our 30s, right? I just turned 35. And I just turned 31. But it's harder as you get older, not so much because there aren't people around you, but because it's harder to find people that have the same schedule as you Mm -hmm. or enjoy the same things. Because I feel like by this point in your life, you're pretty into whatever your hobby is. Yeah. And so if you can't find people that are interested in similar hobbies already, the crossover is a little bit difficult. Like, like well, I don't see myself suddenly turning into, like, someone who loves hunting, and that's what I dedicate my weekends to. No. But I have friends that do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, cool on them, but I'm not, I'm probably not going to go with you. I feel like the other thing, too, is that by this point in our lives, so when you hit your 30s, at this point, you know, if you're single in your 30s and you don't have a child or you've never been married, things like that, it's kind of harder to find people that have similar interests with you because sometimes those people already have families. They're already established in that. And so now you're just like the random third wheel to this woman you met online and her husband yeah. And yeah. that's not very fun. Or no. it's people younger than you and they're going through like a weird party phase. Like when I talk to other people I work with and they're like 23, 24, they're like going out all the time. And I'm like, listen, 
I did all my going out from the ages of 19 to 22 and then was done. Like, I'll go to a bar with my friends, but I'm not going to go out and just, like, dance till 2 a.m. anymore. Like, that's just not a thing. I we go, to, we go to burlesque sometimes. Um, we will go to, like, try a brewery. Like, that's something I enjoy. Yeah, we like to do things like that, but we're not going to a club to party. We're not I did people. all that club shit. Oh, it was a good time for the most part. I'm glad you did that, because I didn't, but that's also not something that I would ever ever, ever want to do. Ever. Yeah. And when I balance, like, how do I want to spend my time when I have free time? Very rarely is it go out and get shit-faced. Like, we're too old for that. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are age, and that's what they still do. That's weird. I, well, unfortunately for us, not for them, if that's what they like. But it's like, I'm not a party person. I think the most party that I want to have is to go to another burlesque show, and I want to go to a drag show, that's about as, ex- as extensive as my oh, party goes. Listen, I miss burlesque. I miss him so much. I'm not hurting him. Can't worry. Um, but, like, so our friend Ridge told us, or told me, he was like, listen, your circle gets smaller. It's because you don't have time for other people's bullshit. And you're like, I can't care enough about what you're doing, and it's dumb. It's so, like, true. you just kind of shrink the circle. And he's not wrong. Like, when people complain to me about things that are, like, out of my control... Or, like, things where I'm like, I don't know you well enough for this. I'm often like, okay, bye. Not because I'm trying to be a bitch, but just because... We don't have time for it. At this, I, like, I have so much going on that for me to then care about everything that is within your realm is really, really difficult. And if that's all you ever want from me, I just, I can't reciprocate. Or if you don't reciprocate, I'm not down. I just don't have time for someone else's drama that is not directly affecting me. And I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, if you have drama and it doesn't affect me, I'm still going to help you, but that's because we're really good friends at this point. Yeah. We've known each other for fucking ever at this point. I think it's more inventing, though, within our friend group. Yeah, we're better at it, though. Like, there's never a time when I or you have been like, I need you to do this thing for my family. And it's like, okay. No, never, ever. It's, hey, this shit's going on. I just need to talk it out. And I'm like, cool, here you go. need to hide at your house. I've definitely done that to you. Listen, and that's more than okay. I 100% know that. <laughs> and that is more than okay. But it's hard to make friends in your 30s. It's hard to keep friends in your 30s, too. Like, think about what we've gone through in the last year. It's because by this point in time, everyone's pretty set in their, like, political views and stuff. Mm-hmm. And especially this year has been really, really difficult because it's a lot of people questioning, like, science isn't real or, like, whatever. Whatever. And it's like, I don't have time to tell you how wrong you are. Like, I don't know. Do you watch Parks and Rec? Um, no. Okay, so there's a scene where one of the characters goes, I don't have time to tell you how wrong you are. And then he kind of goes, if I don't, it's going to bother me. (laughs) So, like, he doesn't But it's one of those things where it's like, if you're in your 30s, and you haven't figured out real facts versus fiction, like, like really like weird lies, like I don't, whatever. Like I don't have the time to sit you down and go through the list of like what news are you watching? No. Where's your source of the news? Like I just if you can't differentiate between lies and not lies. This is the I age, don't know how to help you. This is the age at which you just spent the last 10 years becoming your own person away from your parents. 
And this is the years where you get to put those opinions and those views into action. And for our group, especially, we are very thankful that a lot of us have the same views. We have the same political views, you know, same like, morals. not on everything I want to point No, not on everything. Because I'm impossible and weird. I've been yeah. cult. Oh, God. Please don't turn we're not in a cult. cult. No. We're not in a cult. It's, we're safe. We're fine. <laughs> we don't need you to call our dad. We're good. Um, <laughs> but we, we're at that age where we shouldn't have to be corralling our other friends who are younger than us or who are the same age as us. Um, well, it's just not us. And I'm, like, pretty blunt. So like, am I. I if I think that you're wrong, but I think that because not just like my belief system, like I have actual proof that you're wrong, I'm gonna come for you. Like I just am. Like there has been more than one occasion where I say, I can't talk to you about this. Yeah. I just can't. So we have to drop it. Because there are things that I can't change your mind about. And it's all a product of your raising and your personal beliefs. And it's not my job no. to to make you think like I think. It is my job to challenge you on things, and I would assume that this is other people's jobs as well. Like challenge me on things that I say that are ignorant, and we've we've definitely done that in our group. Oh yes, and it does not end well. Not sometimes, but I think it's worth it's worth the fight because if that person isn't willing to expand their thought process, then they're not really there for you. No, they're only there for them. And I get that you should be there for you first. But if it's something that affects someone that you care about, you need to take a moment. Yeah, and I I'm I know we talk about it every fucking episode. I mention this every episode that we talk about it, but <laughs> surround yourself with friends who are going to help you become a better you. I have we've talked about it before about how long Kat and I have known each other, and um I truly 100% believe that had I not met you and your sister and your family and the friends that we've got right now, I don't know that I would be the person I am today. And that's like such a scary thought. That is a very scary thought. I feel a lot is out of your control. Yeah. I feel like I am a more open-minded, less judgmental person than I was prior to meeting you guys. And, and that's important. That is, it's very important. It's very, very, very important. And it's hard to like get a handle on that. It is, it is. But I'm grateful that that you know I've I've got you guys in my life and I'm able to say things like that. Yeah. Um, so let's move on because I know you have to leave in what like 15 minutes. Yeah, probably like 20 minutes. 15, 20. It's just like it's not far. I don't know. So links in here. It's fine. It's like a 15 minute drive. We're fine. Um, let's talk about. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Like, these three kind of go together. This one, I feel... Okay. So, we read another book with a secret agent, haven't we? What was our secret agent? I'm trying... I feel like we've read a secret agent-themed book. But I can't... Oh, wait, wait, wait. It was... It was the dragon one. Oh, yeah. I was like, I know we've talked about this. Yep, yep. It was the dragon one where the girl with was from, like, Texas... Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, okay. So I'm remembering correctly. I'm glad you remembered that, because that book has gone from my memory You're completely. Like, mm, no, no. You said the dragon one, and it all came back to me. You're it's like, literally oh, sitting on my shelf right the there. Dra- the dragon tattoo? Anyways. Um, <laughs> we kind of... <laughs> the dragon tattoo <laughs> brought it all back. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it was... Oof. Oof. So, 
Daniel is an undercover agent. He's for the treasury. For the treasury. Not like even somewhere cool. Like, I just thought of him as a giant nerd every time you said where he was at. I listened to this on audiobook again. Um, he did not match this cover. Not at all. In my head. I'm going to put that out there. I felt like he not was Not even the description of, like, his physical description did not match the cover to me. Mm-mm. Which I normally don't care about. But when you're going to put what the person supposedly looks like on your cover, but then the description within the writing is slightly different or different enough where I'm like, what? Like, he... Okay, so he's in the Marines. Mm-hmm. It didn't say anywhere that he was, like, special ops, right? He was just in the Marines. No, he did four years in the Marines. I would assume he did something in regards to computers because that's what he does in real life. But he talks about how he's, like, this big dude and he's ripped and stuff. He, I had, And he's biracial. Yeah, I have, like football player, like, big. Yeah, in my, in my head. But then he's also, like, a coder and, like, a gamer and, like, whatever. But then, like, I don't... A computer software engineer or something like that. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. But he is, so he, after his four years, he becomes the FinCEN undercover person because he's so good with, like, coding and, like, hacking into things and whatever. Can I tell you something about the FinCEN part? Hmm. So I listened to this on audiobook. Um, oh, yeah. It's unprecedented times, people. We are officially after the election. I read this during the election. Everything was shit. It was awful. I cried. Things were bad. You know, we're dealing with seasonal depression. We're dealing with quarantine depression. We're dealing with election depression. We're out of that now. Things are great. Can't wait for 2021. However, I listened to this on audiobook, and when they said FinCEN, so I listened not at one speed, like the original speed. I listened at like one and a half to two times speed sometimes. Mm-hmm. Every time they said Vincent, I thought it, they were saying Vincent, and I thought it was a whole different person. I was like, he works for a man named Vincent? What? I had to get the book. And then his, book. his name was Quentin. Yeah, I had to get the book to see exactly what it said because I didn't get it. What, is, what does Vincent even stand for? Financial something, something, something. He says it to her. Does he? Yeah. thought I wasn't paying attention. Oh, look for it. Not the Apple Hawk. <laughs> but yeah, he definitely explains it. And he, it's, it's fine. So like, he's trying to he's trying to get um there's like a money laundering scheme happening with the company that Samaya works for. Which the name of is currently escaping me and Trendsetters. There you go. So there's apparently some kind of weird money laundering thing going on, and he is sent in as a new employee to try to find it, trying to track it down. He doesn't fully expect to see Samaya. He has none, no information. He's just got basic information on her, but he's got some really hardcore information on the other people in the office. And um, he did an okay job, I feel like. He never got made. But I feel like some of the things that he was doing in this office, I'm going, my dude, I would have already known you were up to some shit. Like, he's running weird background stuff on an iPad that he has half hidden under a folder. Like, what are you doing? He just wasn't as sneaky as we were hoping for him to be. Okay, well, why can't I find this? It's fine if you don't. No, it's annoying. <laughs> but... There was the scene where Samaya goes to his apartment and she needs to use the restroom. And he tells her which door to go down and she opens the wrong door and she doesn't catch on 
to the fact that it's full of computers. And he just flat out lies to her and says, yeah, my roommate sleeps on the couch. He works from home. Why is there a whole ass server sitting in the room, though? Like, come on, Sam. She's a nerd. Yeah, she should know better. She's supposed to know stuff. Let me tell you, if that happened to me, you had better believe Kat would have gotten a text message that just read, I think this man is a secret agent. I think he's a spy. I like how her spidey senses were like, did you find your roommate on Craigslist? (laughs) Which I think is funny, too. I mean, it wouldn't have been a far-fetch. But I just felt like... I felt like Samaya was smarter than she was letting on. And she was just kind of like, oh, that's a room full of computers. Everything is fine. No, Samaya. Everything is not fine. Figure it out. Come on now. Oh my God. Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. A division within the Treasury. Oh, look at that. Okay. Sorry, that's annoying. No, Um, that's okay. Let's talk about... We can talk about um, people of color in the STEM field. We've already read one romance. Um, we read Alyssa Cole. What is it? A princess on like paper? Like a long time ago when we first started. Yeah, it was one of our very a princess first in theory. Yeah, yeah, princess in theory. There you go. Um, I fucking love that book. And she was an epidemiologist. This is a different kind of STEM field where Samaya is a software engineer. Right. Um, that is pretty cool. But I. I want to talk about the pressure of perfection that's placed on her uh, because she is a woman of color and she is expected to be absolutely perfect. And if she's not perfect, she's going to be questioned at every turn. And she gives a few reasons. Like the questioning thing for sure that she doesn't want people to be like, oh, you don't know anything or, you know, how do you know that? And like assume that she didn't actually do the work and the research. Mm -hmm. But she also says that part of the reason she has to be perfect all the time is because when you are a person of color and a woman of color and you have what would be considered a really good job in a field where there aren't a lot of women at all, that if you fuck up, that it gives them a reason to overlook people because of their skin color, subconsciously or consciously, that they get overlooked because, well, we hired a black woman before and she didn't do that good of a job. Which then means and, all black women are going to be a do, do a terrible job. And that's, like, a terrible thing, but it is one that happens. And it's not just racist. It's, it happens a lot with, like, ageism, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, well, why would we hire a teenager? Teenagers don't have good work ethic. That's the same kind of thinking. Which is a lie. It's a well, lie. I know. It's so sad. But, um, so she puts all this pressure on her. And when Daniel tries to explain to her, like, you don't have to be perfect all the time, Samantha. She's like, yeah, you wouldn't understand, which is not true either because he was in the military and he's biracial mm-hmm. and he works for, well, she doesn't know that at the time, but he works for the treasury department. And so he has all that stuff stacked against him as well. And so it, it is unfair of her to like say that to him, but he also comes from a really understanding place and is like, you know, you're right. I don't understand what that's like because I'm, I'm male and I have that privilege. And that was a pretty refreshing thing to read in a book. That was that was a nice conversation. And that happened in the last half of the book, um, the part that I was getting bored at. I think you were getting bored, too. Yeah, after that, I felt like it got, I hate to say boring, but it's like... It got slow and repetitive. And, and nothing happens. fast and boring. Yes. But it's... 
not only is she feeling the pressure on being perfect, but it's the fact that she's got her dream job mm-hmm. and she has to do it the exact right way so that she doesn't fail. She cannot fail for the other girls like her that are going to come after her. And that also makes sense because if you're going to be like an innovator, like she's creating this app and stuff, she wants it to be where she can be like a beacon of hope to people, not just little girls, but like people who have hit adversity head on and like maybe failed. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really difficult thing to put on yourself because on the one hand, yeah, it is your job to do the best you can, especially if you're in a prominent position. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's not your job to be perfect all the time because that's an impossible thing to ask of anyone and it's not fair. Yeah, it's it's not fair. Well, and I don't think it's fair that she's in a position where she feels like she has to have all of that pressure put on her to be perfect. Whether that's in her dream job or any other job, that is not fair. It's not fair to anybody ever. It's especially not fair to people of color in positions that are the higher paying positions. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's a weird societal thing that has to fucking stop because I swear it is the worst ever. That's just putting more undue stress on someone and she doesn't need it. So first off, Samaya is busy as shit. She's got all kinds of stuff going on. She doesn't yeah. need all of that. Plus her new friends. Plus her kind of romance that turned into full-on romance. Ugh. Are we going yeah. to talk about the sex in this book? Do we have to talk about the sex in this I think book? we have to, because I think we've talked about it with other things. And okay. How did you feel about The last one was Fade to Black Sex. Yes. So. How did you feel about the sex in this book? Okay. So I, I felt like the the foreplay version yeah. was, like, good. Yeah. Right? The, the making out and stuff, like the hot and heavy makeout sesh. Yes. I'm always down for that. In real life, in a book, in a movie, whatever. Yeah. I love that. Because that's like... That's your thing. Of the build-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kissing my absolute favorite thing. And if anyone tries to argue with me about it, come for me. Like, <laughs> don't... But don't also, but also don't come for Kat for that. Just let her have her thing. Yeah. Okay? Just let me be happy with the making out stuff. Um... We see that, like, a few times with the making out, mm-hmm. and it's always kind of hot and heavy, and we're like, okay, cool, like, really, really high attraction, whatever. But then we get to the sex part, and it's so rushed. It's literally, like, I don't need, first of all, I don't need an entire chapter to be sex. I think that's overkill, personally. Like, a page or two. It's, it's like, maybe a page tops. And it's very, very fast. It's like, they're making out... And then he goes down on her, and then... And then she's on top of him. And then she's on top of him, and they somehow go through multiple condoms that are in his wallet, which I don't... I have never met someone who has multiple condoms in their wallet. First off, don't put a condom in your wallet. Just don't do it. I, like... It's not a good idea. I don't... I don't know where he was getting them from. But, like, it was... It was. It should have been good sex. It was rushed. It had the potential to be good sex, but it was too rushed. It was like one minute they were doing it, the next she was in the restroom having a mental breakdown. Which also, like, everyone experiences that sometimes. Like, after a second, somebody's like, oh, no. <laughs> well, that was fun, but, uh, now, shouldn't have done that. Now what? And, like, whatever, that's real life. But just the switching was so difficult. It was like, here's a page of hot sex. 
here's the that's not quite clear. Like, I felt like maybe I wasn't reading very carefully because even though the sex started happening, I was like, ah, this book. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. I don't know what my problem was because I listened to it at some point. I, I don't, I know I didn't zone out. I know I didn't. But I just, I felt like usually the sex scenes, if it feels too fast, I'm like, oh wait, what? How'd that happen? And I go back and reread that section. Yeah. But I felt like when I read this, I like didn't understand how they're like, Switching who is on top and like where are the body parts? I've been saying this since the very beginning of this. I don't need someone to be like her right arm was hooked around his neck or like anything like that. But I do need to understand what's happening. Just give me a general idea, just a general idea of what's going on. That's all I really need. Um, let's talk about the ending of this book before we uh, wrap it up here. Sure. This was the fastest fucking ending ever. Which is weird, because it wasn't actually a fast ending. It was, like, the last, what, like, three The chapters? last, like, three chapters, yeah. So, they have sex at Samaya's place. Daniel gets her key card, because she has her security upped for a project they're working on. He replicates her key card on a little machine, puts her key card back. The next morning, Samaya is in her post-sex... Hayes and is late for work, stops to get pastries and shit because who doesn't love pastries and shit? Fuck yeah. And um first off they commented about how she went and picked up um Zipolis, which like as an Italian, fuck yes. Those are so good. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a, a beignet, but Italian. Whatever. Um She gets to the office and it's like chaos and she's like, what the fuck is going on? Well, Daniel's sting went down because he got into the security department and kind of found what's going on. And she's angry at him because he was doing his job. So she's angry, I think, because she was, like, deceived and he had used her key card. But he had made sure to, like, cover his tracks. Yeah. And, like, cover for her. But I think it was more... Okay. It was less angry and more hurt. Okay. Yeah. And she was like, so you just used me so that you could gain access? But when you think about, like, this time, I'm like, that's okay. That's the reaction I would have at first. But then I'd be like, but how would he know I was getting promoted? Like, how, like, you how, know, like, there's other steps in there that she completely skipped. Yeah. So she had every right to tell him to fuck off. But I feel like she was mad at him for too long and then just flipped around. Because there was the whole thing where London and Taylor helped him out. Yeah. And she was just, by the end of his speech, she was like, okay. And then they were together and that was it. Yeah, it was, I, so like I told you earlier that I felt like someone said, um, to our author here, Miss Rochon, to move it along. Yeah. Like, hey, you've got like 20 more pages and this needs to be over. And she was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, I have all the stuff to add in there. And that's the feeling that it gave me. Yeah. Because in all, the ending wasn't terrible. Like, we have had far worse endings oh, to those. Yeah. Where we're like, oh my god, why? Not the girl and you married, that ending? Technically, we get the happy, the HEA that we asked for. Yeah. Like a modern version of HEA. And so, like, that's all good. It was just so rushed. Whereas we could have cut out a bunch of this middle. Uh-huh. And put more in there. Like, I personally think instead of him flying to her, it would have been better for, like, her to somehow track down Quentin. Yep. Or... Have a conversation with Quentin to figure out, hey, 
what the hell? Can you tell me just a little bit? Like, what should I do? Am I justified in being angry? Just something. Also, the whole thing with Taylor being arrested at the end, can I have just a little bit more about that? I want to know what the fuck. I think that was to set up her, um... Her next book? Yeah. I mean, I would be okay with reading a book about Taylor. She's a little scatterbrained. I feel that that would be the next book. Because it was set up in a way... That it would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... Is it rating time? It's rating time. Woo! Okay. We gotta rate this shit. This is gonna be a smaller, shorter episode, because we just don't have a whole lot to talk about. I mean, we've, we've definitely had a worse episode of this. We, we definitely have. Um, okay. One out of five, what did you give The Boyfriend Project? I would give it a 3.5. Okay. I felt it had strong characters, pretty good character development, um, but then I didn't get the I am woman, hear me roar mm-hmm. feeling at the end that I wanted. Yeah. Because I always like when we end a book is like partners yeah. in love and like we're boosting each other. Yes. And we're kind of there. But not quite. But not quite there in just the rushed ending part. And I've said this before, I don't like the back and forth of like being angry for stupid reasons. No. I get that that's part of real life. Conflict for the just, sake of conflict is bullshit. Yeah. And I, his green gesture was cute. It was cute. I'll give him that. They've had better. I just, I don't know. I feel like it would have been worth um, more pages to develop the relationships with, um, I don't know, just like the relationships with the, the other female characters. Yes, yeah. That would have been a good way to develop the story a little bit better. Oh, 100%. Because we only see her actually go to support one woman in one way. Yeah. With her boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. kind of not what I was there for. But, anyways, what about you? Um, I gave it a three, a okay. solid three. It okay. was middle of the road. Um, I liked the first half, the last half was lacking. Um, I do see how some people could really enjoy it. So don't let what we're saying stop you from reading it. I did think that it was a cute book. It had potential. I just wanted more from it. Um, So for that, it is a solid three. It was fine. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't the worst I've ever read. Um, So yeah, solid three. Okay. I I mean, I think those are fair ratings. Pretty fair ratings. So, um... With that being said, we would like to invite you to join us next time as we discussed The Tourist Attraction by Sarah Morgenthaler. I almost didn't get that out. This was... Was this one of your picks? Probably. Did you see this one somewhere and was like, hey, we should try that? I mean, there's a really good chance. I text you random things I see all the time. I'm like, this looks cool. I fucking love when you do that, though. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It's random. Um, this is a quote from Serena Bowen on the front. A unique voice and a grump-tastic hero. Um, yes. We're here for the grumpy cinnamon roll. Dude, listen, I love when the grumpy one is only happy for the sunshiny one. It's the best. I love it. Can't wait. Um, So join us next time for the tourist attraction. And remember, bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye!